everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. Welcome to episode 6 of the Lee Evie Korean Drama Podcast Show. Uh, today, I thought I'd talk about one of my favouritest of favourite dramas, Flower Boy Next Door. So this is a 2013 drama and I did watch this one while it was airing and I've watched it many, many times since then. Uh, one time very, very recently and I have to say it is just one of the most charming, gorgeous and funny dramas that I have ever seen. It, as soon as I saw it, it sort of made its way onto my absolute favourites list. My idea at the moment, I don't have an absolute one favourite Korean drama, I have, you know, a whole bunch. So I thought as well as just, you know, each week travelling through whatever dramas I'm watching at the moment that are capturing my attention or my love or my hate, maybe, possibly in the future, I'm not sure if I'm going to talk about that or not. Uh, but I also want to start sort of slowly going through all my absolute most favourite dramas. And there must be like 10 of them or something. Um, and that's going to be my 10 Reasons to Love series. So this is the second instalment in that, you know, little mini series of my favourite dramas. Um, the first one being uh, the review that I put up recently on the podcast, which was Tamara the Island. Um, they're not going to be in any particular order or order of love. I think, to me, all my most favourite K-dramas are basically all five stars for me. I love them. I think they're wonderful. They might not be perfect, but these are the ones that just captured my heart. So Flower Boy Next Door is definitely on that list for me. So probably you may already know, uh, this drama is actually based on a webcomic. Uh, I'm not sure, in the actual show, one of the side characters is writing a webcomic as well. And they do show a bit of artwork in the show from that webcomic. And I have to say, it looks freaking great. Like, the art is so nice. Um, I remember when this aired, I was, you know, doing heaps of Googling, trying to get onto the webcomic and stuff. But I, I couldn't really find much in English about it, so I couldn't really get access to it. Um, it's obviously been quite a few years since then, so perhaps it's more readily available I'm not really sure um, and the other thing I guess to note about this k-drama is that it was an installment in the flower boy series that I guess I don't know if they're really doing that anymore it's been a couple of years and I, I can't think of any more recent installments but basically the, the idea was <laughs> that they would have a series of dramas uh, not connected by story but loosely connected by the concept of flower boys. So flower boys in Korea just means, you know, hot dudes, I suppose, in a drama, basically. Uh, so it's not a very highbrow concept. <laughs> so the first entry into that flower boy series was Flower Boy Ramen Shop, uh, which I did watch and I enjoyed. It's a long time ago I saw that one and I did really enjoy it, but I don't think it completely, completely captured my heart. Uh, the next one was Shut Up Flower Boy Band, which I I did really like and I watched it till the end, but I had some issues with some of the characters and, you know, just personal issues that they annoyed me, basically, a few of them. But I still really enjoyed that show. But I felt a little bit sad. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as, you know, I read other people were online. Like, people were going crazy over that show, but I just didn't connect with me emotionally the way I wanted it to. But then um, Flower Boy Next Door came along and this one really, really connected with me. I adore it. 
So basically my my discussion today is going to be 10 reasons to love Flower Boy next door. My reasons to love this K-drama aren't in any particular order, but I'm going to start off with number one, uh, Go Doc Me. So Go Doc Me is played by Park Shin He, who is a lovely actress. I think she's wonderful. Um, I don't think she picks things that I want to watch all the time, unfortunately, because I want to watch her. I think she's wonderful. Um, I and I think oh, so. The character of Go Doc Me um, is basically she's a young woman. I'm imagining she's in her early twenties, and she has experienced a trauma in high school and it has impacted her life in such an extreme way that she has basically become I guess agoraphobic and she can barely step outside her door. She is very very afraid of uh, talking to people, of interacting, of anything social and she prefers to be alone. So she the idea of picking up a phone call, the idea of answering her doorbell, these are, you know, deep-seated fears with her. It's not that she doesn't like people, it's that she is terrified of what comes from human connection and human interaction. I think that she is a fascinating central character for, you know, what in most other ways, is such a frothy and light and extremely funny show. Like, this is a feel-good drama. This is a rom-com. It is romantic and it's hilarious. Um, there's slapstick, you know, everyone's bumbling around. It is such a heartwarming, feel-good drama. And yet it centers around this heroine who can barely speak. She is so traumatized by her past. She has experienced this extreme bullying that has pushed her to, you know, consider taking her own life um, when she was a teen. She, you know, she's just been to the depths, I suppose. She's been as low as she can go and she cannot get out of where she is in her life. And now her dream I suppose is just to be left alone and to exist and everyday existing is difficult and she's insular and she is isolated but that is the way that she has chosen to live her life. I think it's a very interesting choice for a heroine considering also that um, when I rewatched it recently I realized that Go Doc Me um, you know, she barely speaks for quite a few episodes at the beginning of the drama. She's very, very quiet. Um, and it's interesting to build a show around a character that in some ways doesn't give a lot away and doesn't give a lot of herself. You know, she's not overly... Oh, she is very expressive. I shouldn't say she's not. She, you can certainly, and this is Park Shin Hye. She's a wonderful actress, and you, she, you can definitely see all the different emotions and the things that she's feeling on her face. But she does it in a very understated, quiet way. You know, this isn't like over the top, energetic acting. She's very much more subtle, which suits the character. Who, you know, she's not a confident, outgoing, loud, energetic type of person. Uh, so I really liked the way the drama centered around her, but also the way Park Shin Hye and her character of Go Doc Me has enough presence to really hold up the drama as this almost quiet center in the middle of, you know, a madcap hurricane that's just constantly twirling around her, all these crazy people and these crazy hijinks and these hilarious situations. And then there's quiet, you know, traumatized Go Doc Me in the middle. Um, so I felt like she really kind of pins the whole drama down and, and she's really wonderful. But on top of that, she, her storyline is very, very emotional. And I think it really hurt my heart to slowly peel back the layers on what Godokmi has experienced in her past. Um, basically, in high school, she was obviously not very popular, um, but mainly ignored. And she had one best friend, uh, who is a character that comes back into the show later called Cha Do Hui, as she often puts it in the drama, Hui, which I think is very funny. <laughs> so basically, Cha Do Hui was uh, Godok Mi's best friend in high school and the two girls were very close. And I think they weren't 
overly bullied by other people, but clearly a little bit. So enough that Cha Do Hui uh, decides she doesn't want to live like that anymore. And basically what that girl does is she kind of insinuates her way in with the bullies to protect herself and defend herself. She turns on her best friend Godok Mi and she makes Godok Mi's life a living hell. And that is terrible. That is a betrayal by a best friend. And if you don't have a lot of friends, then that is something that's going to cut you very, very deeply. Um, but on top of that, a situation arises for Godok Mi where a teacher, a young, cute man who, you know, every all the girls are sort of, um, you know, gossiping about. They all think he's cute. They all have like little strange romantic fantasies about, you know, him being their first kiss and all, you know, stuff like that. And this teacher um, is encouraging Godok Mi um, in her writing ability and he recognizes that she has something special and that perhaps she could be a writer and they you never see what happens between them and I kind of like that I like that the show doesn't delve too deeply but I got the impression from watching it that it is this innocent teacher-student mentoring sort of relationship and I didn't get the impression that Godok Mi had feelings on her side um, but of course it all blows up and particularly Godok Mi's best friend Cha Do Hui um, you know, she she makes up rumors and she really insinuates that something has happened. And this goes crazy at school with these rumors. And eventually, you know, the faculties is getting involved and the teacher um, basically allows it to get blamed on Godok Me. He says he didn't do anything wrong. She's infatuated with him. Please just allow him to transfer to a different school so he doesn't have his career ruined. So basically... He absolutely throws her under the bus to be able to live and still have a job. Um, and I think the show does it very well. It's, you know, it's a moment of weakness that you never know what decision you'd make under that kind of stress in that kind of situation. I think you always hope that you'd do the right thing and that you'd never throw someone else under the bus, particularly a vulnerable young student. But um, I think the show kind of did this in a way that didn't villainize. Uh, that teacher, um, even though, you know, what he did is absolutely terrible. But I like that he wasn't, you know, portrayed as a completely evil person. I think the show is really talking about the way a whole bunch of small things that can be, you know, thoughtless actions by people can end up ruining someone's life, you know, and how careful we really should try and be and thoughtful of other people. So I found her whole history very interesting. Godok Mi is absolutely betrayed by clearly two people in her life that she feels like she could trust. And it, it really does make her a different kind of adult than she would have been otherwise. And she lives very, very quietly in her little shitty apartment. And that is basically her entire life. But of course, uh, she also is... In love, I guess. I don't think it's really love. She is. She has a fantasy crush, which she admits in the drama. It isn't real. She doesn't really want to meet this man. She doesn't want her, you know, I guess she's put him on a pedestal and she doesn't want to meet him and have that all crash down. The idea of the fantasy is enough to sustain Godok Me. She looks out the window of her little shitty apartment over to, you know, a set of flash apartments right across this tiny alleyway that's so close and she sees this very handsome you know young man living his life and she sort of lives uh, lives this fantasy you know she copies him when he's cleaning she cleans her shitty little apartment and she just feels a sense of human connection through this relationship that doesn't even exist it is beautifully portrayed and very sad ultimately um, but such an interesting place to begin with our heroine in this drama so the number two reason to love flower boy next door is the next door neighbor uh, Jinrak so Jinrak lives right next door to Godok Mi in this shitty apartment block and he is a webtoon writer uh, and he lives in this tiny little tiny miniature apartment 
with another dude called um, Dong Hoon, Dong Hoon, and both of them are working on this webtoon. This is what their dream, you know, they're trying to get this thing off the ground and they're living in, you know, absolute poverty in the meantime. Uh, Jin Rak is, he's basically the second male lead in this drama and he is quietly and achingly in love with Godok Mi, even though he has not really ever spoken to her. So one thing I like about him is as a second male lead, he he is supremely likable. He is so funny. He's, you know, I think you feel very sorry for him for a lot of times in the drama. Um, but what I think is interesting about the kind of love that he has for Godok Me is it is a reflection for this romantic fantasy crush that Godok Me has herself for this other you know, sort of across the road neighbor who lives in, you know, his nice shiny apartment, whose name is Tejun. So I kind of like that from the very beginning, the show is sort of exploring, I think, the difference between, you know, having a, oh, believing you're in love with someone that you don't know, as opposed to getting to know somebody and having a foundation of trust and friendship that evolves into love. And how powerful that second option is, you know. Um, I personally am a big believer of love being something that gets built on, you know, that foundation of trust and friendship. And I'm not someone who particularly, um, personally, you know, I get other people are different, but personally I don't believe in the idea of, um, you know, love at first sight and, you know, stuff like that. I think, you know, you can think someone looks gorgeous at first sight and you can be tongue-tied and you can be, you just want to know them and want to be with them. But I think that's very different from, you know, falling in love with someone because you actually know who they are. And I think this drama really explores those differences in a really interesting way. And Jin Ruk's, uh, you know, unrequited love for Godok Mi is very moving. Like, it's really beautifully put in this drama. He's very caring of her. He's very aware of her. He understands, you know, when all the characters are called out by the security guard and have to take part in, you know, um, little demonstrations and do stuff for the kind of community of this apartment block. He understands that her personality is that she cannot do these things. And he's always stepping in. He's always trying to help her. He's so awkward and in embarrassingly cringeworthy around her he can't even speak when she's there um and he just loves her so much that he you know almost has this really goofy grin on his face while he's tripping over his feet to be near her so it's all very moving and very very sweet but at the same time Jinrok's opinion of Godok Mi is that she is perfect as she is and that he loves how quiet she is and he loves how you know um insular and uh, inwards facing she is and he thinks she's thoughtful and perfect um, but in actual fact Godok Mi is not fine you know she's not okay and this is the thing that I think Jin Rak hasn't recognized about her he hasn't recognized that she's not happy and he encourages her in the drama to stay the same to never change to and he thinks that this is who she is this emotionally crippled version of herself and it's very sad because I think this is the point where he can't fully get to know her because you know when he says to her never change part of Godok Me would like that because she doesn't want to get pushed out of her comfort zone she is terrified of change and she certainly doesn't want to let anybody in at all but at the same time, she is desperately lonely and desperately unhappy, um, even though I feel she would never even admit that to herself. She isn't really living the kind of life that, you know, before these traumatic instances happened to her in her teenagehood, um, this isn't the life she would have imagined. You know, this isn't the life she was destined to lead. Um, she has been traumatized and she's withdrawn into a shell and I think having someone say they love her in that shell isn't really what she needs even though I feel like Jinrak is trying to be you know very sensitive to her needs um, but I think it's one of those cases where 
oh, it's a delicate line, you know, I feel like Godokmi needs to be shook. She needs to be shook out of her, um, you know, little world that she's built around her. But to do that, in some ways, it's not a kind thing to do, you know, because she can't really handle it. So it's a very, very interesting dynamic between Jinrak and Go Godok Mi. Um, but on top of that, just as a character, Jinrak is hilarious, like absolutely hilarious. And this is one thing I adore about this show is this overlaying of hijinks and hilarious madness and silliness and underneath the emotions that are flowing through the drama and the themes are so deep and meaningful and beautiful. And it's such an amazing like juxtaposition, these two things running side by side, and they just meld together so well. Of course, that leads me to talk about the main male lead in this drama, uh, played by Yoon Chi Yoon, the ever wonderful Yoon Chi Yoon, one of my favouritest actors ever. Uh, he's playing the character of Enrique Gum. Uh, so this is my third reason to love Flower Boy Next Door. So Enrique is the complete opposite to Godokmi in every way. He is extroverted to the extreme. He just bubbles over in personality and energy and he can't even stand still. Like this dude is trying to talk to someone and he's bouncing and he's just moving and he's, he's just almost like a manic puppy. He's so excited by everything. But of course the truth is that a lot of that is... It's a veneer that he uses, I suppose, to protect himself in some ways. Like everybody else, Enrique has things going on and he has deeper emotions in his heart and he has his own hurts and issues and worries. But meeting him, you'd think, oh, this is the happiest dude in the whole world. Like he's so charming and lovely and funny and just crazy amounts of energy. So I really love Enrique in this. And of course, he bursts into everyone lives in the shitty apartment block you know he just tramps his way in there and particularly when he meets Godok Mi uh, through a big crazy hilarious misunderstanding where he's pretty sure she's you know peeping on him um, which frankly not on him but yeah she was peeping on his brother but anyway um, I really love the scene where they first come face to face and basically um, he's asking her a question and she's so worked up and nervous to be out in the world to be talking to someone she wants to get away from this guy and Godok Mi is just nodding and nodding and nodding and eventually he touches his finger to her forehead to make her stop and then every thought that she has you know questions about him and why he can't leave her alone he basically voices out loud to the point where she starts to worry that he's able to completely read her mind and this is this very charming sort of idea that he is someone who is immediately able to see something deeper in Godok Me than other people have been able to. He's able to just scrape below that surface a little bit and has a sense of understanding about, about her, which is really interesting. But at the same time, I love that the drama, even though they have this aspect of this, you know, initial instant connection where Enrique can understand Godok Me, there's also a part of him that is very blunt and very, I guess, focused on his own world experiences that he doesn't always take the time to fully understand Godok Me's. And he says a lot of things that he says out of, um, you know, he thinks he's being kind, he thinks he's trying to push her to, you know, experience something, and he's not always very sensitive of her. So I liked that there's a mix, you know, he's not this perfect, amazing person who is everything that Godok Me needs to heal and be better. He sometimes ruins everything and sometimes progresses things forward in a really wonderful way that really benefits Godok Me. And I loved it. Um, there's a, a really great scene as well. Like I love the relationship between the two male leads in this as well. So Enrique um, obviously has barged into Godok Mi's life and things are changing, even though she doesn't want them to. And the two are growing closer. Uh, and Jinrak, who lives next door, is going absolutely bonkers crazy over it. He's so fucking upset that someone new has sort of come in and crashed through these years of care 
wonderful groundwork that he has laid to try and get to know Godok Me. And so he calls out Enrique to have, you know, to dress him down, to tell him off, to get rid of him. And um, Enrique's just, he's so nice and he's so charming and he's so silly and cute that Jinrock is just unable, like absolutely unable to put him back in his place. And I adored that. I adored Enrique's different relationships with all the different characters. And I think they realized really, really well. My number four reason to love this K-drama is the setting. I think it's a really interesting one. I think a lot of uh, contemporary Korean dramas show us the shinier side of Seoul and the shinier side of Korea. We get a lot of, um, you know, upper class uh, characters. And I know there's always the, can you know, there's a lot of candy, um, you know, struggling heroines and stuff like that. But I do feel on the whole, like particularly frothy light rom-coms we do get to see the shiny streets and we get to see the big glittering buildings and you know beautiful Han River and you know some really beautiful areas in Seoul and I find it very very interesting that pretty much the whole of Flower Boy Next Door practically the whole thing almost takes place revolving around this block of apartments um, it's winter so there's snow everywhere Everything's cold and grey and, you know, there's piles of rubbish outside this apartment block. And the apartment block itself is, you know, it's pretty crappy. It's not a nice shiny place at all. And all the characters live there, save for Enrique, who is from Spain and he's come back to Korea for a couple of months. And he's living in the shiny apartment complex, um, the more expensive one across the road. And I really like um, that this drama sort of looks at characters who, like, to be honest, I guess they would be below the poverty line. They're not living in wonderful conditions. Um, a lot of them are young people who are following their dreams and therefore are not very financially stable. And I love that the drama revolves around these people in this situation. But the show is never about poverty. It's never about those kind of things. And I think a lot of shows, they're either about, you know, chaebols and rich people, or they're about someone who is in a terrible spot in life, in poverty, and is trying to get out of it, who's working hard to get out of it. And I liked that this drama, it's almost like the setting is, I mean, it's just a background, you know, um, this idea of these poverty stricken young people searching for their dreams is not the point of this drama. It is just the background of it. It's the setting. And I really, really liked that. I liked that there's this huge aspect to the show that isn't really a focus of the story. The story is very, very much on the characters day to day and how they interact in a way that impacts Godok Me and changes her world very slowly, whether she wants them to or not. So I really loved that. I, I loved the setting of this. I loved seeing this tiny little, well, huge, I guess, um, you know, block of apartments, but in this tiny little neighborhood of Seoul and the winter, um, I really, really enjoyed those aspects of this show. Another reason to love this drama, my fifth reason is all the side characters. So for myself, um, personally, a lot of times when I'm watching a K-drama, um, I might be absolutely in love with the main couple and every scene that they're in I will you know watch as closely as I can and then there'll be a lot of side plots and side characters that I will sometimes to be honest just not give a shit about like I just don't care and sometimes I tune out a bit when they're on screen um, or you know worse comes to worse I like a side character or a side couple or side storyline and don't like the main characters. Um, something very, very, very special about this show, which is definitely an ensemble cast. Um, all the side characters are given a lot of screen time and they are given a lot to do um, and a lot of very silly, funny things to do. It is never boring. None of them are boring. They are all incredible, I think, fully realized characters in their own right. Like the flower boys are um, even the villain in this. So the villain is uh, Cha Do Hui, as she calls herself, um, who is basically 
you know, the best friend from hell, from Godok Mee's um, younger days, who turns back up with a very serious agenda to get on the good side of Jinrak, who is the webtoon writer. Uh, Cha Dohui is pretty freaking positive that Jinrak is actually a chable heir in disguise, which the drama just sort of ignores for most of its runtime. But uh, yeah, he's he's clearly from a very rich family, you find out in the end, but he's completely denounced it. So even if Cha Dohui did manage to get with him, she's not going to get anything out of that situation except be dating, you know, a webtoon writer who isn't making any money. Um, so she is, Cha Dohui is horrible in every way that you can imagine. Like she is on paper, you know, she's nasty, she's manipulative, she's, um, very vicious towards Go Dok Mi, the kind of um, stunts she pulls to really cut Dok Mi down. Um, you know, she's every mean girl from every K-drama ever, except she is also hilarious. She is so funny that even though you hate her because of her actions, you love it when she's on screen. She is embarrassingly crazy cringeworthy in the way that she hits on Jinrak and just the way she interacts with all the flower boys, you know, like really simpering and trying to be really cute and trying to be really hot. Um, and meanwhile, whenever she talks to any of her own friends, she's like, you know, very mean and very loud and has a completely different personality to what she, you know, shows all the boys. And you know, as a villain, I find her wonderful just because I want her to be on screen. She walks around in these hilarious outfits, tottering on these ridiculous heels and basically just looks really funny all the time. Um, but considering how funny she is to watch, she's still a very effective villain uh, in this drama. She, 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 she does a lot of damage. Um, so I really liked that. I liked that sort of mix of aspects that you can have such a comedic, silly, bumbling idiot character who also is very effective in being bad, you know, in damaging people. So that was really cool. I think, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of side characters in this and I think they're all wonderful. But the other one I should mention is Dong Hoon and he is the roommate of Jin Rak. Uh, and he's also he's a webtoon illustrator. And he is trying to follow his dreams. And for a lot of the drama, you think that he is an absolute playboy and he's going out every night and he's getting with all these girls. But then you find out he's actually got, um, you know, he's trying to support his, his family, like his parents and siblings, and but also trying to achieve his dreams um, by being, you know, a, a webtoon illustrator. This is what he wants to do with his life, but there's no money in it. So he's working as a designated driver all night long and he's doing odd jobs. And he is a fantastic character and his interactions with Jinrak are amazing. They, again, so funny. This show is just so charming and funny. And he's a complete doofus. Um, actually, Jinrak is as well, but Dong Hoon is a complete doofus who thinks he's not. He thinks he's quite smart. He thinks he's very good looking and he's also very charming just because of how clueless he is. So I have to say, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of other side characters I haven't mentioned and I really liked them all. Um, they're wonderful. My number six reason to love uh, Flower Boy Next Door is the romance. Um, I like it a lot. I think it is very effective. It is very, you know, even though Enrique is such an energetic, out there, pushy kind of character, I still feel like the romance itself between him and Godok Me is very slow and careful and tentative, um, quite at odds with his whole personality, interestingly enough. I think, um, yeah, I think it works really well. Basically, Enrique, he sets out to save Godok Me. That's really what he's trying to do. And part of the drama is him coming to the realization that that's, you know, I mean, it's not really up to him to, to do that. You know, it's not really his place. And even though a lot of what he does is obviously some of the initial reasons that um, kickstarts Godok Me's learning to live again is true. It's true that his presence has an impact on her life and does make changes. But at the same time, I think it's 
the drama is sort of exploring that question of, you know, who are you to think that you can save someone? You don't know them. You don't know their past. Like, why do you think that you know what they need? And I think that's a really interesting sort of topic, I guess, to explore, um, particularly in, in the romance, because um, it's only really when he realizes that it's it's that maybe he he's overstepped on some things. He said some things thinking he knows everything when he doesn't. Um, and it's only later after that that I think emotions really start to get tangled. And Ricky is very aware that Jin Ruck is in love with Doc Mee. And at first, he his idea is he's got in the door with Doc Mee. He can get into her apartment and he is going to pave the way for Jin Ruck to sort of um, go forward with Jin Ruck's romance. Um, but meanwhile, Enreki is, you know, he's just getting to know Doc Mee. He's getting closer with her and they're building a friendship and they're building a trust. And he has a time limit. He's going back to Spain very soon. So he feels he's just going to be there. He's going to help her as much as he can. But of course, more and more, he's getting more and more interested in her as he gets to know her more, of course. I feel like a real turning point in their relationship is a fight that they have um, maybe a third or so of the way into the drama. This is one of my absolute favorite scenes and I loved how it it really kicks up I guess the emotions. It really shook these characters up and basically what happens is all the characters are doing cooking classes in one of the apartments and they go out and they have this really really wonderful time like really good and Godok Me is doing better. She's feeling happier. I think she even smiles in that scene and Enrique sees all that and then he follows her back to her apartment and after this wonderful happy togetherness time that everyone has experienced, these two alone in her apartment have this really vicious fight. Uh, verbally vicious of course. I loved this scene. Uh, so basically Enrique starts saying things to Godok Me about how she should change, how she should cure herself, how she should be different. And we see as a viewer her face as she's just slowly getting more and more hurt and wound up by the things that he's saying when he doesn't know the truth. He doesn't know her relationship with her evil friend Chado Hui and he doesn't know what happened to her in high school and he doesn't know that she tried to kill herself. He is completely clueless and yet he is saying these things like he knows everything. And she explodes and the stuff she says to him is so utterly hurtful and very wounding, you know, like she really cuts him deep with her words and then he in turn lashes out um, at her and says really cruel things. And both of them say really hurtful things to each other that you know, you know are true, but also that they would never normally say. But they're both so hurt and wounded themselves that acting defensively, they attack each other. And he storms out and, you know, they don't talk. But the reason this scene is so amazing, and I think this is like, you know, as a writer, I think about romantic relationships and stories a lot and why they work and how they work. And, you know, what is it that makes a relationship move forward and become, you know, you feel the truth of the emotions in it. And I think a really, really great way to move a relationship forward in a story is a fight scene like this. Um, and it's interesting because I think a lot of people would think that um, two people having a very deep and dark, emotional and cutting, painful fight isn't the way to advance romantic feelings or positive romantic feelings. But in fact, I think that it really is. And the reason is that it is a way to break down barriers between, between people. It is a way for people to, even against their will, be drawn close together because they're saying things that no one else will say. They are just drawing closer through exposing themselves and becoming vulnerable. You know, when you're very angry and you are very emotional, you are vulnerable. So it's like these two characters are seeing each other at a vulnerable stage. They're seeing the worst of each other, which is another good way to bring characters together. They go through an experience through this fight of letting their emotions release at each other, of sharing this moment of, you know, 
hurtful words and truth and being stripped bare in front of each other emotionally. And then even though the fight scene ends with them both storming off and never talking to each other, obviously they're both thinking about it. They are thinking about it for days and days. They cannot get this experience out of their head because it was awful. It was terrible. But all of these things are advancing the relationship because they're advancing these characters getting to know each other truly and properly in all their worst ways. And also it's advancing the relationship because they are sharing true emotions. They're not putting on a veneer or a mask with each other. They're not being polite. They said what they said. You know, they, they revealed themselves and <laughs> let their emotions loose. So I love this scene because I can see how it works from a writer's point of view in really changing, like absolute U-turn on the relationship between these characters because it's one of the first times that proper deep emotion is introduced into their relationship. And of course, the characters don't talk for quite a while afterwards. And then I think maybe a day later or two days later, however long it is, um, uh, Enrique ends up in a social situation that is very painful for him. And no one around him understands that it is. But Godokmi happens to be walking by, coming back from the shops or whatever. And she knows him now. She knows him well enough to know that he is in pain in that moment, even though, you know, all the other characters who are in that scene don't. They can't see below, you know, happy, smiley Enrique's outward mask. But she can. And she goes in and she attempts to save him, you know, through her presence and um, just the way the situation works. She saves him just by, you know, grabbing his arm and helping him in that moment. And again, this is a huge advancement in their relationship because she understands him enough to see that he was in trouble. And then even bigger than that, Go Doc Me, who never leaves her apartment, who isn't able to reach out to anyone, steps forward and reaches out to Enrique because he is in need and she wants to help him. It is, and you know, that's the culmination, I suppose, of the, the big fight scene. You know, this is when their relationship shifts and changes and I think begins to show tones of romance and romantic interest rather than just this foundation of friendship that is slowly being built more one-sided from Enrique. This is when Godok Me reaches out and becomes, I guess, a, a participant in their evolving relationship. So I, I love the romance in this. I think it's very subtle, it's very nuanced, and it's very slow. And it, from a writing point of view, it's... Um, you know, I'm all about slow burn romances, which is why I like K-dramas, because they really take the time to build the romances. So from a writing point of view, this is a great relationship to sort of study the beats in and the way the story forms and takes shape from the point where these two characters meet. And, you know, she doesn't want anything to do with him to the point where she would be willing to put herself in an awkward social situation, which is you know, not like normal people, this is one of her greatest fears and she willingly does it for him to help him. And that is a huge character transformation for her to get to that point. And this drama does it so well. My number seven reason to love this drama is Kim Sorgi. So this was my very first time seeing this actress in a drama. She has a very small role in this, but it is a standout. Like talking about how side characters in this show have a lot to do and are fantastic. Um, Kim Sorgi is a perfect example. She plays uh, the webtoon company's like manager, basically. So she's managing the two boys, Jin Ruk and his roommate, Dong Hoon. Um, who are going in and pitching ideas to her and she's sort of taking care of the show and basically no one's reading it and she is sleep deprived and crazy and so cranky and she just is so irrational and erratic and she's screaming at them non-stop and it is so freaking funny. 
So it turns from just an absolutely hilarious sort of cameo, you know, like recurring cameo in, in the drama to actually her getting sucked in and having a romantic uh, love line with the character Dong Hoon, who is the very kind of dopey, sweet um, roommate guy. And it is such a charming little cute romance. I'm very, you know, a side thing that's going on, but I loved seeing <laughs> how that develops from, you know, her just screaming in his face nonstop to them suddenly like deciding they liked each other. It is just very, very adorable, but also completely hilarious. And Kim Sul-gi, I've seen her in, you know, quite a lot of dramas now. She is a wonderful actress and she, you know, particularly comedy, she's great at, but she's, frankly, she's great at everything. My number eight reason to love this drama is Godok Mi's diary entries. Each episode begins and ends with... Um, basically an excerpt of this book that Godok Mi is writing in the show and they're very poignant almost poetry-like entries about herself and her inner emotions and the way she sees the world and also the events that are happening. So I wanted to read um, a couple out to you that I've looked up on the net. I think they're very beautifully written. Um, there's so many here I'm obviously not going to go through all of them but I am going to read this. Uh, this is from episode one, which is called I Steal Peaks at Him Every Day, which is the name of the original web drama or webtoon. How timid and delicate unrequited love is. Even though unrequited love finds its own way in, it's a love that gets trapped inside, unable to find an exit. Even though I'm the one who started it without knowing a thing, if he leaves my sight one day, it's a love that ends vain without it ever having a purpose never even having had the chance to bud or bloom any flower, a love that can never bear fruit, like a seed left forgotten, that is, unrequited love. Uh, this is another one that I really loved. Uh, it's called Leave Me Alone, Please. <laughs> that woman's mouth is like a broken faucet in a mountain village. Not a single drop comes out when it's needed, but it's like a faulty faucet that only works in the silence of the night. All the words that she wasn't able to say at that moment comes pouring out after the moment passes. Next time, I'll make sure to respond like this. This is how I'm going to retort to the comments. This she always vows to herself. That woman always speaks the most impressive lines when she's alone in her room. There's honestly so many of these that are so good. I kind of want to read them all, but obviously I cannot. Um, I'm just going to read this last one. And this I think is really interesting because this is the diary entry that Godok Mi writes after she has the big fight with Enrique that I was talking about in my you know, entry about the romance. So they have this really damaging, you know, outpouring of emotions at each other. And then, you know, in her anger, this is what she writes. That woman's scars are like sinking underwater. Spectators who don't know how deep that scar is simply advise her why she can't escape from it. There are too many people who are rude to others' scars. That woman didn't want to hear such empty words, at least not from this one person. I think it's really beautiful. I think all her entries are... They're very poignant and I mean, they're like poetry, so they're gorgeous. Even just reading them now, I just want to, <laughs> I just want to keep going, but I won't. <laughs> I feel like I've already touched on this, but my number nine reason to love uh, Flower Boy Next Door is definitely the comedy. Um, you know, I've already talked about it, so I won't go into it again, but I love that it can be so emotionally deep and moving um, but also just be so outwardly hilarious. I think it's such a clever drama to be able to handle those two things simultaneously and create, you know, one very cohesive story, even though it it's kind of portraying these two opposite extremes, like the silliest comedy ever with these really deep moving themes. So I, I think that's fantastic. Um, I'm also going to cheat a little bit. Uh, my number 10 reason to love this drama is the romance. Um, <laughs> anyone who knows me at all knows that one of the reasons I'm obsessed with stories is, you know, it is 
the romantic love lines within them. They're usually my favorite thing about any story I read or any show or movie that I watch. Um, I, you know, I don't want something that's only about the love story. I want something that has, uh, you know, all the other elements and plot to sort of frame it. Um, but it is usually something that I care about a lot. Um, and definitely in this show, you know, I think the romantic love line in this is so carefully built and, you know, warmly realized. It's very, very moving and beautiful. So that's it for my discussion on uh, Flower Boy Next Door, one of my favourite K-dramas of all time, which I think is near perfect. Of course, it is not completely perfect, I think, at the end. Um, I don't love the fact that uh, Enrique and Godok Mi have to separate. Um, I always find it a little bit frustrating in Korean dramas when they have that sort of obligatory um, you know, separation towards the end, where I feel like often they do that just because... You know, you need a little bit of conflict in the relationship. If things are going too well, then the story usually ends, you know. So they kind of throw that in as a way that the characters can't be together or, you know, something is has to change between them. Um, so I don't love it, but I have to say maybe in this K-drama more than others, it does make a little bit of sense, uh, basically from Godok Mi's side. You know, she has been living such a difficult life that I understand that perhaps she needs some time to learn how to live independently and rediscover herself before she should sort of jump into a relationship with Enrique. And of course they're in a relationship when they're separated it's just um, you know a long distance one which in some ways, I think on his side, that's shit. I don't know why he'd want to do that at all. Like if you find the person you love, then be with the person you love. It's really hard to find someone to love who loves you. Um, but on her side, I'm kind of like, okay, I feel she needs to to do some self-discovery and learn how to live and breathe. Um, and then she can learn how to build, you know, a relationship with Enrique and live with him. So I kind of got it in the end. Uh, but basically, um, you know, if you haven't watched this drama, 100% I think that you should give it a go. Uh, it's very funny and it's very sweet. It's very frothy, but it's also very deep and beautiful. So it's a perfect combination. Now it is time for my random thing of the week. And... Because we were kind of talking about Godok Mi's diary entries and how they sort of seemed like poetry to me, I thought I would <laughs> very randomly read out a Korean poem. So this is uh, just something that I found online which I thought was lovely. It was written by a poet called Kim In-yuk in 1963 and I'm just going to read it out as my random thing of the week. It's called Physics of Love. Mass is not proportional to volume. A girl as small as a violet, a girl who moves like a flower petal, is pulling me towards her with more force than her mass. Just then, I am, like Newton's apple. I rolled towards her without stopping, until I fell on her with a thump, with a thump, thump. My heart keeps bouncing between the sky and the ground. It was my first love. I thought that was pretty beautiful. <laughs> 